Hey, my name is Adam Whitescarver, and I'm the Executive Director at the Chattanooga House of Prayer, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for listening today, and I hope it encourages you and gives you perspective to see the beauty and the diversity of God's church, both in Chattanooga and the church at large. Thanks for listening. So this is the final episode, episode four, with Randy Jackson. I want to recommend going back and listening to the first three if this is where you're starting, but Randy gets into some racial reconciliation conversations with me here, and I think it's just an excellent conversation. You'll probably be able to tell I wasn't interviewing him from the place of uh, tremendous knowledge or knowing more. I was learning even as I was interviewing, and I love that about this conversation that I had with Randy. He's going to discuss issues in churches, pastors in their communities, and cultures in general, culture in general, and I think at least you'll walk away with a better idea of how to start moving toward racial reconciliation in your own ministry context, just from what you'll glean from listening to Randy. So Randy, talking about racial reconciliation, I think this goes for, uh, this happens in the PCA, it happens in the EPC, it happens in uh, churches all over the place. This is one of the things that has been my favorite that you mentioned. When you get uh, an African-American pastor talking typically to a group of white people, uh, you have, uh, the, the, it's usually about racial reconciliation as opposed to just preaching the gospel. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, I, I think there's a place for this, so I want to be real careful at how uh, hard I come down on this. But one of the things that I've noticed is, you know, there'll be, uh, there'll be a pastor of diversity, He's African American, or there'll be a pastor of um, di- diversity and race. Literally, a title for diversity and race. And and I'm not saying that's not useful because you do have to talk about things. I, I agree that you have to talk about things. But one of my questions is, you know, are, are are we sometimes shooting ourselves in the foot by doing that? Because just an example with me, when I was struggling with addiction stuff and trying to work my way out of this sin. Mm-hmm. One of the most helpful things was I had a mentor that um, nine out of ten times I talked to that mentor didn't even bring up uh, uh, the addiction. It was all the other things that you need in order to walk with Christ well. I was never given a book to read, nor did I read a book on recovering from addiction. And I'm not saying that those aren't useful resources. I'm just saying the things I was taught was learn how to pray. Learn how to understand scripture. Learn how to submit with all you've got to God. And this is how you get the devil to flee from you kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. So I sometimes just wonder, you know, right now it's kind of, I hate to say this. I really hate to say this, but it feels like it's become trendy to talk about racial reconciliation. Five years ago, it was not trendy. Right now, it's trendy. And I'm actually concerned about that trendiness because I'm thinking, well, wait a minute, guys. We're... uh, I don't, this, this cannot be a flash in the pan. We do it because it's cool. We do it because it gets some likes on our Facebook account kind of a thing. How do we, how do we move past that? Or, you know, how do we, how much do you say that it's useful to talk about it so much as opposed to just doing it? Well, I, I think if you want to talk about thing, yeah, that was a racial lot. reconciliation. Sure. Um, okay. Well, how do we get the, past well, the, 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 the benefit? Okay. The benefit to focusing on it, right, as 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 a topic, as a goal, as a, is because we naturally won't focus on it, right. We will naturally 
you know, we will all go to the to to we we naturally roll downhill. Sure. And so what that means culturally, ethnically, racially, is we will naturally group into our own areas. That's natural. Um, birds of a feather will flock together. Sure. And so in a church, if and this is something I learned from New City Fellowship as far as a ministry tactic and, and, and focus is reconciliation does have to be intentional. You have to intentionally ask the question and bring up the question because it's, it's an issue that people don't want to be intentional about because it can be people can feel guilty. They right. can just because of the difference. So it has to be an intentional thing. OK, um, one of the, just on a practical way, the way that happens practically is let's say that me and my pastor, David Eads, are having a discussion um, about somebody in the church. You know, it'd be easy just to gloss over. Is this person is this person doing it because of racial differences? It'd be easy just to let's not talk about that. But we need to ask that question. Sure. Is this person, does this person, is there a racial issue? Is that their culture even? Is, is there, is, is, is the difference there? You know, because it won't come up naturally. Um, you have to, most, if you have a predominantly white church, most African Americans are not going to just walk into that church. Okay. Sure. Unless they've, they've lived in a place where, unless they're at a certain place, I guess, but that's with anybody. Right. But if if you feel like if you're if you're in a situation where and, and again, if you're in a church and, and, and the, I'm a community pastor, I believe the church should reflect the community. I believe that if a church were to disappear from a community, that church should have had such an effect in the community that the community will mourn. So if you happen to have a community around you where you have a, a large uh, population of people of color, Spanish speaking, uh, African American, Asian. Well, then I think the church de facto is called to. You, you need to deal with these people. Right. It's 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 a problem if the church has people the, the greatest number of people coming there driving twenty minutes in. Right. <laughs> and so, but and so that's going to be. You're going to have to be intentional. You're going to have to intentionally. It, when I'm in prison, when I when I'm in a prison, if and I see a group of guys standing together, and I happen to have the time, and we're maybe we're gathering. I will. I have to be intent. Those guys are going to necessarily come to a Christian service, so I have to go to them and just engage them. And and, and they may decide, oh, who's this knuckle, knucklehead? Right. Or they may they may I may get a guy said, yeah, I'll be there. If I see a group of guys on the street at a store hanging out as as a pastor in the community, I feel I have to engage them. Now they may tell me to to, to get the heck get the get the heck out of here. Okay, but isn't that my job? Was not Christ rejected? Right. Or they may say to me, you know, Pastor, can you talk to me about my mother? She's in this situation. Or can you visit my mother? And now you, now you have won. But it'll never happen unless you intentionally engage. And so, in that role, I think it's important for a church to consider their leadership and sure. be intentional about their leadership, and maybe hire a pastor of diversity if you sense that we are not doing well. We need to be intentional. But do you? My question is: Do you call them a pastor of diversity, or do you just say associate? Well, if you hired them, pastor? if you hired them because of the issue of diversity, you should call them. Be honest and call them a pastor of diversity. You well, well, well my, here's, I mean, again, I'm just talking about the focus. I'm not, or, or what, it's almost like a marketing standpoint. 
you know. I mean, personally, I, knew I was working on addiction all the time, even when I was yeah. sowing in the opposite spirit of learning how to do works of righteousness, you know, and pray and to read scripture. I knew that in the back of my mind, I am for survival's sake learning these things. Do you do you hire a you know a, a pastor who looks different from the rest of the congregation? This this could apply to African American churches too. Although I don't know of an, an African American church well, that has a pastor. You've got an issue of dominant culture. Sure, sure. And that because you know, a lot of people say, well, we can have that, but the reality is, you know, African Americans are not the dominant culture in sure. this country. So African American churches are not reflecting the dominant culture. So there's going to be a sense where. You know, African American churches are going to want to stay African American because it's a sur- it's a survival issue right. in many churches. It, 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 yeah, but if you, you were know? trying to have a mixed congregation, kind of, if you deep. felt called to do that, see again, my issue is community. Like, yeah, you know, I don't I don't really think I don't know how feasible it is to have a, a cross cultural church in Trenton, Georgia. That's I very mean, fair. Knowing what I know about Trenton, Georgia, right. I mean, I could be wrong. But now in Chattanooga, you know, I don't understand why you wouldn't have because uh, uh, the goal is to reflect, reflect the community. Right. Be reaching your community. And so, you know, maybe for me, a better term that I really believe in. And again, I get this from New City is I'm New City training is um, I believe in community pastors. I don't know if I would call a pastor a diversity pastor. I've never even heard that before. But I would call a pastor a community pastor. Well, there's like professors even that will have you know titles in that area. And I'm not, you know, for colleges and whatnot, I'm not against that. Well, I but think it's got to be talked yeah, about. Yeah, that's a different issue, though. Sure. I mean, I think you need training. a director of diversity because, you know, it's it's a, you've got to have some. Look, in the PCA, in our presbytery, we have a standing committee, so a reconciliation justice standing committee. And our role is to speak into situations where, you know, where quite honestly, some of our brothers and fathers, not because they're wicked people, it's not the issue. It's just because they're not dealing with this. And it's not that they're choosing not to deal with it. It's just that it doesn't come up. Why would I think about, you know, when, when I go into a store, I pass by the lipstick section. Is it that I don't care about lipstick? That's not something I get into, lipstick. But when I got married, now the lipstick becomes important. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's part of my family now. I got it. So part of it is, you know, I think people need to be prompted to think about this because of difference. But ultimately, you know, the title in a church, I think the issue is the community. In, In a business, you have to think about diversity. I mean, you had... I think one of the funniest things I saw last year is when Abercrombie and French Fit, Abercrombie and Fitch had that picture of that African American boy wearing a shirt that said "Monkeys Have Fun." Now I don't think Abercrombie and Fitch were trying to be racist. No, I don't but think. I guarantee I, I'm almost no, positive that yeah. if an African American had been on their marketing, he could have said, "Wait a minute, guys, That's probably not." A you good understand idea. what you're doing here, and they would have said, "Oh, we." But now they had to retract it, and they had to make a bunch of apologies. Right, you know, this is the same thing as the Presbyterian session having a meeting on Valentine's Day night. They'd have, if if yeah. there was a one woman there, they'd have caught it. exactly. Yeah. Or 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 um, here's a great something that happens. I mean, uh, ministry tactic is for a um, a church to to develop a coffee house. Right. Well, you still have a coffee house. You're selling coffee for two dollars a cup, which is good coffee. You have to sell. 
Most most African American are black. most people I know ain't gonna buy no two dollar cup of coffee. I'm just it's not that it's not even that you can't afford it. It's just I ain't paying two dollars for a cup of coffee, <laughs> you know. Right. Or I'm not gonna go into a coffee house. You know, a, 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 ta- a ministry tactic. You want to minister to a, a community that has many Af- that have many African American uh, uh, residents. Uh, deal with the children. And a lot of people are working hard. Right. You, know, do, you know, have vacation Bible clubs are valuable. And speaking of that, you know, here I am as a pastor and I'm applying to, you know, I'm, I'm candidating different churches. I've had churches say basically have a problem because I send my kids to public school. Little did they realize many African-American families just send their kids. That's just normal. I, I went to public school. Right. Another aspect is I've had churches that have said, you know, your wife. Your, my wife works. My wife is a primary breadwinner in our family because she makes the most money. Well, some churches would be like, well, um, your wife works. My mom worked. My grandmother worked. My wife's mom worked. Mm. I, I don't know too many black families where both people don't work. It's just that's just the way we do things. I'm not saying every black family. It's just so you, you're. But you're, that makes your ministry context and the community that you're ministering to. Different, but the standard they put on me as a pastor, right, is, is a cultural standard. It's definitely not a biblical standard necessarily. Absolutely, you know. So when you're when you're becoming a community pastor, and let's say there's a church that wants to move in the direction of your church, kind of we want, we're one of, we we're recognizing that the community is different than us. Is is the move that they make? You know, do we try to get a community pastor? Or do we do we try to get uh, a uh, a diversity pastor kind of thing. You know, if you're if you're in a community and you've got a pretty good segment of people of color, you know, Spanish speaking, African American, whatever, you know, if you have that, and your leadership doesn't reflect that, I, I think you you're, need to pray about it water. fast. I'm not saying you're dead in the water. I'm just okay. saying, I think it's a point of praying and fasting and saying, Lord, what would you have us to do? I I think we we may be at a deficit here. Because, you know, people are going to go to a church where they see themselves reflected in some measure. And just because there are people that are going to push back against that, why? Why do you feel that they won't go to a church? For the same reason those people wouldn't go to an African-American church. Not not for a while. They wouldn't stay there. Because they're going to feel and, and, out of place and, 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 and here's the thing. Deep down inside, and I will, I will go head to head with anybody... You will have a real problem. Many people will have a real problem respecting an African American pastor. I mean, I ask people sometimes: Have you ever had a person who was in charge, was your boss, and they were a woman, or they were black, or they were Spanish speaking? Have you ever had to really submit to somebody? The person says, "You're fired," or "Get out," or whatever, or "Go clean that toilet." But this person is, I know a lot of people who've never had that experience. Sure, sure. And, and, and do you so, think it, it's cultural or do you think it is racial or do you think it's, I mean, I guess it could be, it's different. Well, at the heart, the there's culture. a cult, but at the heart, it's, it's just that we, we like to make idols. People, we like to make idols and when, you know, we like to promote ourselves. And, you know, and many people have a history of basically just in their family, this is, this is right and this is not right. This is people I look at with authority. This is people I don't look at with authority. I don't even realize they're thinking that way deep down inside. You know, you know? I, I have to, well, you know, it's interesting that you say this. Uh, and it's something to certainly think about because, you know, there's, there's statistics. I'm, you know, I'm six foot six and there's statistics out there that say 
Be, if just because you're tall and then add a deep voice, people are going to think that you know stuff and mm-hmm. that you're good at stuff and that you should be an authority. Or right, here's a better example: just because you're Asian, you know karate, or you're good at the violin, or I can play basketball. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're black, right? You know what I mean? Right. Or I like rap music. Right. I mean, I had a situation once. My wife and I went to this restaurant, and there was a cook behind. He was cooking. He cooks. He was cooking hamburgers, and he, he was he was a black guy. And he was, he saw me and my wife came, and then we, he saw us go over to the, the jukebox. And he was like, oh, now we're going to hear some good music now. It's about time we've been hearing all this crazy. And my wife and I like Glenn Campbell. And so we put Glenn Campbell on. And the look he gave us. He wasn't happy with you. Well, he was, he was, he was just perplexed. Because here we are. We just wanted to hear Glenn Campbell, a Wichita line man. And he didn't expect us to put Glenn Campbell on. Right. You know? So we have, we have sort of, <laughs> we don't even think about we have. It's not. It might not even be a race issue. Like a person has lots of friends, loves African Americans. It's, it's not a wickedness issue. Is what I'm trying. I don't. They don't think most about. Most people aren't being wicked. They're not. They're not doing this just to be wrong or wicked. Now, I can develop in it if they don't repent. But right. you know, most people just were the way we are. Or it's somebody you know? that they weren't raised to naturally think of as an, an authority figure. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't think of. Black guys or black women as authority figures in my life. You know, take my wife. I don't think of short guys as great at basketball. My my wife's a great example. I I can't tell you how many times people, how many times people will know she's a college professor, but will say Mrs. Jackson, and not even imagine to call her Doctor Jackson. Right. She she's dealt with that a lot. Some doctors. You know, they they push away that title, and the others, you know, say I'm. I well, there's it. a great example. Here's a, here's something I've told pastors: said if you go to a, an African American church, and they find out you're a pastor, typically, especially in a traditional African American church, and they find out you're a pastor, they're going to probably ask you to come up and sit up front. Mm. Now, I know a lot of white pastors say, no, no, that's all right. I just want to sit in my family. Do you realize you've just insulted that congregation? Yeah, I say no, they would not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have known. You know, I knew there was a high regard, but I. Or if if a, if a black pastor comes to their church and you don't recognize him, we're, mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. Afri- African American culture is a culture of celebration. Wow. See, the one thing that I thought I learned that from Randy Neighbors. That's something that that he really that I, I, it became explicit. You know, when 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 I was working, you know, African American culture is a culture of celebration. Yeah, see, and there's a lot of white congregations that would sit there and say, well, they're just trying to be, they're showboating. They're, you're trying to make much I, I, I went. I was a member of a church. Yeah. I was a member of a church at one time. I, I worked for the church one time where the organist would put a big old cardboard thing up in front of the organ so people didn't see her. And that was more distracting. She should have just stepped in. Because right. everybody's going to be looking. Who's behind that cardboard? Right. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's but, but it was the idea, or, or the choir would sing in the back. Uh, yeah. I said, no, in a, in a, in a, in a typical, in a, a traditional, I should say a traditional African, the choir's up front and you're going to have the choir director dancing just as much as they do. And that is edifying to many, many African. I'm not saying everyone. I don't want to say there's no monolithic person. Here, right. Right. But that's the way I was brought up. Right. You know, fabulous, so. fabulous, really helpful. <laughs> Randy, I wish we had more time. Yeah, I got to go. Uh, <laughs> and we'll have to have you back. But thank you okay. for your for giving us your time today. All right, that's episode four of four with Randy Jackson. I want to thank you for listening to A Beautiful Church Podcast. And of course, there are far more episodes to listen to just in this first season. So we want to invite you to keep listening. And if you have enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends.
Thanks for joining us. The Chattanooga House of Prayer is a nonprofit ministry based in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where we are seeking the transformation of our city through unified prayer, worship, and action. I want to give a special thank you to those of you who give generously to this ministry. We have just learned over the years that many hands make light work, and it is because of you that we can continue this important mission. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit chathop.org. That's C-H-A-T-T-H-O-P dot org slash podcast for more information. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, share it with your friends, share it on your social media, and tag us at Chattanooga House of Prayer. Thanks again for listening.